You know, normally on Analyze This, we like to start with a little bit of chit-chat at the top, but I'm just too excited, so I want to dive right in. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another great episode of Analyze This. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Hart. And I'm Hannah Gelb. And today we have an extremely special guest, just like the most special. I feel like we're becoming legitimate podcasts. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. Today we have Jessica from How to ADHD. Woo! Is it okay that I'm on this podcast because my name is not Hannah? Oh, <laughs> whoa. Well, it's happened before. Oh. And you, we do the best we can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, we may end up calling you Hannah as long as you're totally comfortable with that. I could, I could do it. But then how, how will they know who I'm talking to? Because I'll say Hannah. Oh. oh. We have to work out a system. <laughs> well, I usually, ironically, Hannah Gelb and I call each other Hannah Hart and Hannah Gelb a lot, even though we're the only yeah. two people who don't need to. <laughs> right but yes so usually you can just say our phone i'm always like hannah gal blah 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 blah. but i'm the other hannah why do i say hannah gal i I don't know man i just feel like you're heart and i'm gal yeah may also call her gleb gleb Mm -hmm. yeah gleb all right uh sometimes we call her the gleb sometimes (laughs) we call her gleb yeah, yeah, I was did not know about that one. Oh, I was like, oh, I lab. <laughs> no, I'd never do that. But today we're here to discuss the broad-reaching topic of ADHD, and this is something that is near and dear in my heart because not only do Jessica and I both have YouTube channels, uh, but we both have ADHD. I feel like a lot of YouTubers have ADHD, whether they know it or not. It's just such a great. Thing for the ADHD brain, like the instant feedback, oh. and there's always something different going on. Mm-hmm. Not um, to mention the ability to just like instantly post it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, ADHD realities. We're going to be talking about misconceptions in ADHD, and we're also going to be exploring uh, a checklist to help you guys and ourselves determine whether or not maybe we have ADHD. But before we get started, Jessica, would you please give us a brief summary of kind of like how you got your start online? I mean, you weren't working um, in digital media before. I was an actress, and I'd been on YouTube oh. before, and I you can probably still find these, but I was in like some really embarrassing sketches. A qua. Like way back when, like at one point, one of them was on, like featured on the YouTube front page, like back what, when what YouTube year? was young. Oh God, forever ago, like probably like 2000, I don't know, four, like, I don't, I don't remember. It was, a, it was a while ago. Um, that's, but a, that's a minute. One of them got 3 million views. Ooh. So technically, like, I don't think I have any videos that have gotten more views than that really embarrassing sketch. What was it called? Oh, Ain't that always the way. It was called. There's <laughs> a video online of I Hannah. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I haven't even told my viewers, but okay. It's <gasps> <What>? called. <laughs> One nine hundred nerd girls. Oh, and it's is a, it like it's a, a sex talk hotline. Yes, but for <sighs> nerds. Oh, so are you like, hey, you want to practice C plus uh, plus? <laughs> not that kind of the the Dungeons and Dragons type nerd. The uh, uh, yeah, whoa. no, it was really fun. How many sides oh is like, your I die? Have a plus one dagger against ogres. Exactly. No, it's exactly <laughs> what. Yes. It, Pretty much, that's you nailed it. That's the exact <laughs> sketch. So I don't uh, know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, so we we I started the channel because I wanted a place to keep all of my ADHD tools because I I was really struggling. I was like thirty one, thirty two years old. Um, the fact that I can't remember how old I was like tells you something about the state I was in at the time. <laughs> but I. I was just really failing at life just all over the place. And I felt like, why? I'm putting so much effort into everything. Why am I going nowhere? Mm. And so I was like, I got to figure this out. If I put like half as much energy into figuring out why I'm not able to accomplish anything as I do into trying to accomplish everything, like maybe I'll get somewhere. So paint us a picture a little bit. Gosh, I've just, wow, man. Yeah. That sounds really painful. It was hard. I had gone through a divorce. Mm. I was still waiting tables. Like I was feeling... I mean, my self my self esteem was horrible. Like my my credit was terrible. Um, I was just in a really low place. Going, I have no idea. Like, what am I doing with my life? Right? I used to have so much potential. I was a gifted kid. It's in like second grade. I was scoring post high school on standardized tests. Wow. And now I'm like waiting tables and going. I'm never going to have the life that these people have. Wow. I'm never going to be the person who can like afford to go out to dinner and order a bottle of wine. Oh my god. You know, I love wine. That's heartbreaking. Right? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> um, I'm never like going to really be able to afford to go to a nice restaurant except if I get my employee discount. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. how I felt. And and so I decided to look 
look into it. And all I knew at the time was I had been diagnosed with ADHD and I'd been given medication for it. I was still taking the medication um, and the medication helped. It helped me focus. So I thought that the problem was kind of solved. Like, okay, I can focus now. That's well, how enough. old were you when you were diagnosed? 12. 12. And yeah. you'd been taking the medication since 12. Pretty much like at one point I was, you know, I was, it was very romantic. I was dating this guy in Italy that, you know, he wanted to learn English and I wanted to learn Italian. And so we met online and we were like practicing for an hour a day and eventually we fell in love and it was this whole thing. But he was, he was really smart. He was studying physics. He was working on his PhD in physics. And he told me that it, you know, it's like not great for your heart to be taking these medications and you don't really need it. And so I was like, okay. So I'm I sorry, tried you like, guys, <gasps> you guys, the viewers, uh, listeners at home, you can't see the shocked I, I look just love Hannah when Gelman people, and I just exchanged. I love when people who don't have your issue and that, don't take drugs are like, let me tell you something about the drugs that you're taking in your body. Cause I know how it's happening. Right. And it happens all the time. And especially <sighs> with ADHD, like I would never go up to somebody with any other medical condition and be like, this is what you should do to medically treat your condition I mean, I, or like, not. You would never even tell someone who has eczema. Like, I don't know if you should use that uh, lotion that they prescribed you right? to help with your Can eczema. I just say, <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Big time. Big time. He meant well. And I think a lot of people do mean well. It's like, Oh, you know, and I think what it is, honestly, I don't think it's that these medications are so scary because they're safe. We've been using them for over 40 years. Like these are very safe medications. I think it's because they work mm. so effectively oh. that that scares people. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, if, oh, if you can see God. the difference, you're like, oh, God, what's it doing to this child? You know, right? Yeah. Um, well, and also not to mention the abuse factor. But I want, right. I want to ask you, so you've been taking the medication and then is it that you decided to stop making, taking the medication or you stopped – with, you didn't use any tools on top of the medication? Like, that's the question. That's the thing I kind of want to return to because I'm so curious about it because here you have a diagnosis and a prescription. How did you find that you weren't exercising, like, control over your ADHD? Because when I was diagnosed, it was like, here's your pill, goodbye, good that's luck. That's it. That's it. You mm. don't get any other tools. And so I didn't have any other tools. And, like, my family had, like, a lot of a lot of difficulties and dramas. My brother also has ADHD and autism. And you know, ODD and PTSD. Like, so he, he had a lot of issues. My sister had some challenges. So I, I kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like with my medication, I was a good girl. I was doing fine at school. Like you're good. Right. And then life hits and you're like, I have no idea how to manage finances. Like mm. I don't know how to keep a job. Right. Like I don't know how to not say the thing that will make it so that I can't keep a job. And it was really hard, but, uh, I, would find things here and there, like every once in a while I'd find a, a tool and it would like help for a week and then I'd forget about it. I just had no accountability. I had no way, like a lot of the tools that I needed, I just didn't have. And I didn't know that I needed. I thought, well, the focus pill fixes and everything mm. else is my fault, right? Resources, but no way to structure them into your life. Hannah, Gelb, your question. Well, I was wondering how, so you said you got, you were diagnosed when you were 12, but what led to that diagnosis? Like what was happening or what were your symptoms or behaviors that people, a doctor was like, ah, yes, you have ADHD. Here are your pills. Well, ah, like yeah. a lot of girls with ADHD, I only got a diagnosis because a boy got a diagnosis. <gasps> so, and this happens a lot, right? Because the boys are, you know, their symptoms tend to be, tend to be more external than girls and, and they tend to be the troublemakers. They tend to have the hyperactive presentation. That's not true for everybody. And so inattentive boys also get missed quite a bit, but my cousin, who was very ADHD, got diagnosed, and then his mom got diagnosed because of that. And then my mom was like, she's a lot like her aunt. And so then they took me to get a diagnosis. But what I was struggling with, like what I'd always been struggling with is was disorganization, not being able to remember things, getting distracted. But the stuff that really um, threw it into overdrive and I think made my mom be like, okay, we got to do something. The emotional dysregulation, like once I hit, was starting to hit puberty, was just off the charts. Like I what was mean screaming by? at my mom, like, I hate you. I wish you were dead. Like it was bad. And before then I'd always been able to keep it in and been the good girl or whatever. But like, it was, I mean, I was, I was a little terror. Like mm. my mom's an angel for dealing with that. Um, so, and my, my grades were starting to struggle because for the first time I was in junior high and I was expected to remember to bring my books to class. I was re re expected to take care of my own homework and all of that. I didn't have the structured environment that I had had in, in elementary school that had helped me thrive. So even though I was gifted, like I was just so scattered that, you know, and I so couldn't this, do it. And this led to being at 12 getting a diagnosis and starting to take medication. Yeah. And so the medication was great. Like within like immediately almost like everything got easier. I, I really do compare it to it when I first put on glasses when I was younger 
And I was like, I can see. I didn't know that the world was supposed to look this clear. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. That's beautiful. Wait. The Italian guy. Okay, so chronologically, <laughs> so here we go. Okay, so we're we're learning about how uh, you got started on the How to ADHD channel, which if you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out. Check it out right now. Well, not if you're driving. If you're driving, make a mental note. Not a physical one because, you know, not automobiles. Uh, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of your channel. I think it's it's been a huge resource for so many people. Uh, but where are we in the point of time where you start talking to this Italian guy and he tells you to go off your meds? So, yeah, I'm in my early 20s and uh, he tells me to go off my meds. And at the time – and this is the ironic thing, right? Because I was taking my medication, like I – you know, life was kind of all over the place, but I was able to do certain things. I was able to get myself to go to yoga class and like at, at one point like I was on the raw diet and I was waking up every day like I feel like going for a run. Things were good. So when he said maybe you don't need the meds, it was because I was doing well at that moment. In because, time. Oh, my God. We because were just of the medication. We were just we talking about that today. Right? Hannah Hart was like, well, I was doing really great and so I decided to stop taking my my meds and then now I feel awful. <laughs> yeah. So it was like that. And so, I mean, really quickly things fall apart. Like I gained 30 pounds in three months. I was, you know, oh, I wow. lost a job. Like I decided to start a stand up career because that was a good idea for some reason. Like, <laughs> I can see like, it though. Like my career as an actress is is too difficult. Let's try being a stand up comedian. Oh yeah, wow! Um, I really need the loving and nurturing environment yes. of stand up comedy. Yes, yeah. But I'm glad I did it because actually that was the very very beginning of the YouTube channel, and I didn't realize it because I did my set when I was learning how to do stand up. I took a class, and my set was about my ADHD. Oh, and. It was – I went up one time and I was like, cool, I did the stand-up comedy thing. I'm proud of myself, never doing it again. But I got a lot of laughs and, and stuff. And even then, like, I go back and look at that and there were a lot of misconceptions that I had about ADHD that I was perpetuating in my act. And so it's – when I started the YouTube channel, I knew that I wanted to have that kind of same vibe of, like – being able to like make fun, make light of what I was dealing with because you can laugh or you can cry, right? Like I wanted to be able to look at my struggles and like find the joy and the humor in the in the everyday struggle that is having ADHD. But I wanted to do it in a way that was backed by research and actual things that could help. The reason it was on YouTube was because I needed a place where I could put all these tools where I would actually find them again. And that was the only place on earth that I knew I wouldn't lose. Oh, wow. Whoa. Like if you like, I would lose a notebook. So if like you made I like moving, a video so memo to yourself. Or like I would you, change phones. Like yeah. I wouldn't know where it was in my computer. I'm like, this is a safe space to keep some tools. Wow. So you weren't even looking to like have an audience. You were just doing it for yourself. It, at first that was the idea. And then very quickly I started going because um, my husband now was my boyfriend at the time. And he's a uh, he's not the Italian guy. Not the Italian oh, guy. That, did that not work that out? That didn't work out. <laughs> oh, turns what? Out. No turns way. Out. Yeah. Really? Uh, it's a great story, though. Rooting for you guys. <laughs> I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was really wonderful, and he's a researcher now in at Oxford, I think. Um, he's, you know, he was great, and I really value the time that I spent with him. But it, But it really goes to show, like, the people who care about you most are often the people giving you terrible medical advice. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I would say we, we have an entire episode actually about medication because this is something that came up recently uh, in my life. Uh, but anyway, so you launch a channel. You I see the reception. You see I see people. the reception. And also my, my boyfriend at the time, like producer, director, like editor extraordinaire, can like literally do everything that I can't do. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'll help. Like, you know, you're my girlfriend. I'll help you. So he helped me kind of like find a structure to it and at first I was just gonna I was just gonna like look up tools and then try them and like report back how they worked for me and he's like I think you can do it a different way and he's like I think you can present the challenge and explain why it's a struggle and then present the solution and explain a solution and I was like like I'm an expert and I was like (laughs) really dubious about this yeah and he's like yeah and I was like Okay. Yeah. So like really small voice. Okay. Yeah. I'll try it. So I do, but at the at the beginning I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm like trying to act like an, I'm an expert when really I'm the one who's trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah. So I just and ended for up the record, doing it. Are you do you have any medical training? No, none. Zero. I dropped out of community college. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. So for like a good six months, I'm like, I really hope that nobody who actually knows what they're talking about sees this. Mm. But that that fear of being like seen and, and getting it wrong because I knew that misinformation was worse than no information because I'd gotten misinformation. So I was like, I have to get it right. So I would like read everything that I could and I, I did what limited research I could figure out. Um, and I did my best. Mm-hmm. And, and I clearly go back- at this point, you're back on your medication. 
Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I went off for a couple of years and I was like, this is, this is dumb. Like, why am I doing this? I had no negative side effects that like, I mean, mild appetite depression, but that's it. Like I had no negative side effects. My blood pressure is low. Like I have no issues taking this medication. And you know what people don't think about when they warn you of the potential side effects of, you know, medication, not treating a medical condition also has side effects. That's why we treat medical conditions. Oh my God. All this. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. That is so good. And so true. Yeah. And so the negative side effects that I had, like, would you ever take a pill that's like may cause job loss, weight gain, uh, you know, potential for divorce, higher risk of traffic accidents. Terrible crippling feelings of failure. Horrible self-esteem. Yeah. Like you would never take that medication. You would would keep it like far, far away from like the children. Yeah. But but for some reason, that's what we think is okay because that's natural. We have this idea that in society, like anything that's natural is inherently better. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm so upset right now. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, and I really I want to get into one of the things that your channel shares is I think it does a great job of expressing those tools and coping mechanisms and different types of structures because different structures work for different people, um, different realities of ADHD and different misconceptions about ADHD. And that is something I really am excited for us to explore right after this. Summer in Portland is amazing. Warm, sunny weather is perfect for being outdoors. Portland's Forest Park is one of the largest urban oasis in the U.S. 5,200 acres. It's got more than 80 miles of groomed trails that are great for hiking, hiking, biking, biking, running, running, walking, walking, and and bird-watching. Oh, my God, dude. We are vibing. Oh, my God. Now we're going to sing about food. Portland is known for farm-to-table dining, innovative food carts, and acclaimed craft beer. Portland is a hub for artists, entrepreneurs, and creators alike with community studios, warehouses, and makerspaces that let you DIY your way around town. They also have so many kinds of beer and coffee that you could live to be a hundred years and never try them all. Wow, that's beautiful. Makes me want to go there. If you guys want to go there, head to TravelPortland.com to start planning your trip today. Every day, I wish I was in this beautiful, lush Pacific Northwest and not this horrible desert wasteland. You know what? You can in Portland. Uh, you know what's nuts? But I, just thinking about what you said about uh, we would never give that drug to the children or if you're like, oh, it's natural, that's the right thing to do. My little sister has type 1 diabetes. Her pancreas does not work. She has to take insulin to literally be alive. No one's ever like, oh, Meg, you shouldn't take that insulin. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm actually going to turn this over to Hannah Gelb uh, because she knows, <laughs> I know a lot about ADHD because I've been diagnosed with it. I have it and I've gone on my own personal journey of self-discovery, et cetera. Um, but so I, I would love, Hannah, for you to say come kind of some of your thoughts and conceptions about what ADHD is. Mm-hmm. Um, but first I want to ask you this. The medication you take for ADHD, I think that something, you know, before we turn to that, that I think people don't understand is that the stimulant is providing a neurotransmitter that you don't produce. Like what's a great way to sum up? Essentially. So the ADHD brain is chronically under aroused, which is why we're constantly seeking stimulation. Oh, you know, I need that caffeine, sugar. Yeah. I need that instant hit of of Instagram likes or, you know, whatever, like we're seeking stimulation and there are healthy ways to get it like exercise and there are more unhealthy ways to get it like self-medicating with other substances. But our brains need that extra stimulation to be able to focus. Like if you have a neurotypical brain, you can be bored by something and like put it off or whatever. But when you sit down and you're like, okay, this is important. I'm going to focus on it. You have the ability to do so. To tell your brain to focus on this. Right. And with an ADHD brain, like sometimes the harder you try to focus, the harder it is to focus. It's mm, – it just – you don't have the the chemicals in your brain, the dopamine mainly, to – Uh, basically it's the reward system in your brain. If you sit down as a neurotypical brain and you're like, oh, fine, I'll do my taxes. Like your brain feels good as you do those taxes. Even if it's a boring task, your brain's telling you 
that's good. Keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. That dopamine is hitting the receptors. But the reuptake um, of the dopamine and as well as the production can be off in an ADHD brain so that your brain is not rewarding you for doing things that are boring. So the ADHD brain has a completely different priority system. It's not mm-hmm. about what's important. It's about what can engage your brain. Yes, what's stimulating. Right. So it's like – No if- wonder I'm such a whiny princess at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can be torture. I try to – Suffering is more stimulating than something else, yes. something that's not. So it's like why for me, one of the things I would spiral down into is uh, a negative negative thought train, a negative hyper-focused thought train because it felt stimulating and your brain mm-hmm. is naturally seeking the ability to focus. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that provided – you find it in other ways. You find it in other ways. And they can be healthy or unhealthy. And so, you know, what I say is like my medication, the way that stimulants work is they give your brain this the stimulation that it needs essentially. Like it – that's why, you know, stimulants can calm down a hyperactive kid. You're bouncing off the walls and you're, you're – like your brain needs stimulation. You need to move so that you get the right chemicals in your brain and you need to, you know, uh, you need to like – bounce all over the room and like if this is boring well I need to find something else that's going to be stimulating and you end up doing like five things at the same time not any of them well but <laughs> but <laughs> you're, you're trying to get that extra stimulation and I say like medication is for me a safe way to get a consistent dose of the stimulation that I need so that I don't go and seek it in healthy ways or I can depend on my ability to focus and it's so not going to depend yourself- on like how colorful the room is you know what I mean like yeah. it's not going to it's not going to depend on like there it- not being more interesting things in my environment you, you give yourself the ability to make a choice yeah you know okay so exactly it facilitates what you know neurotypical brains are already able to do yeah but why why are some brains not the way that all the other brains are <laughs> I mean yeah that's a that's a very long long answer we all have different <laughs> fingerprints that's true yeah and that's why. Yeah. But I mean, it's also, there's many factors, but ADHD is highly genetic. Um, so it gets passed down from, you know, like m- we're pretty sure my dad had undiagnosed ADD. My husband found out he had ADHD through the channel. Like oh, wow. we were doing the channel for like a year and, I, oh, and he was God. like taking notes on every episode. <laughs> and I'm just like, I think you are ADHD. And he's like, no, I don't. But he was the inattentive presentation and the boys get missed. I mean, yeah. inattentive presentation in general tends to get missed. Well, okay, so Hannah, but well, yeah, what are your what are your some of your thoughts or questions about um well, or conceptions because I feel like I've told you all of this stuff, but <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a little bit of sore spot because Hannah Hart consistently is like, "Hannah Gelb, you have ADHD." <laughs> which which Hannah feels sore about. Yeah. Like which, me, but me I think even thinking it. That's part of the stigma around it. There's I think. a huge stigma. Cuz I feel like, "Oh my gosh, if I have ADHD, it just means I'm basically not going to be able to – I already don't have the life I want because of my various other mental neuroses. So I'm like, this is another thing, you know, that I have to worry about. I actually want to talk to that because you're already facing the struggles that you face. The diagnosis – like if you get a diagnosis, it doesn't mean suddenly you have new struggles. It just is an explanation for the struggles you already have. And then you can get targeted treatment to help you with those struggles. So oh, – y- wow. A di- oh, what people don't realize, like such a sad face in me. Like having, <laughs> having ADHD can make it's like just a category for things that exist. Right, exactly. It's so, not going to bring new things into your life. Yeah, so I'm not going right, to like like right. ADHD can be very challenging and it can be very debilitating and it ranges from mild to severe. Like it's not the same for everybody, but for mm-hmm. some people it can be crippling and mm-hmm. like. I guess it feels to me like this huge can of worms, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to like start from scratch. Like, well, what how do you think ADHD get, uh-huh. is? Um, okay, I guess my ideas of what ADHD are, not being able to focus on one thing at a time, like having just tons of thoughts flying around your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you're walking outside, you're like, oh, I'm talking to you. Oh my God, a bird. Oh, I can't. Oh, wow. Coffee. I yeah. love coffee. Uh, yeah. Like that kind of a thing, I guess. Yeah. So like I, easily distractible. So easily distractible. Super distractible, like always moving, tapping, like pretty rude, like aggressive. Like these are the things I thought ADHD was, mm-hmm. you know, because I never thought I had it until, I mean, yeah. But like, you know, cause it, well, I guess it like, I, I figured you had like a laundry list of things that you thought ADHD was because, because of the response to me being like, dude, I think you might have ADHD. I guess it just, uh, like it doesn't, when you, when you say that, I'm not like, oh wow, hope. I'm like, oh God, like what am I going to do? I have to like try new meds. I have to like, I guess I just feel 
I don't know. I guess I just feel really hopeless. I so I like- could be saying anything. It's not about ADHD for you. I could be like, dude, maybe you have diabetes and dysentery, and dysentery. <laughs> or like or i don't know or like maybe i don't you know i guess i just have feel sensitive like skin that that well i don't know i guess it feels like to me it feels like even though there obviously is so much evidence to the contrary it just is like it's like a final thing that says like you're never gonna get anything done that's the stigma that is the that stigma. is literally the stigma bro i'm crying who, again who oh, took God. the who took the tissues out of the room <sighs> this is a tissue room one sec yeah Hannah cries every episode don't worry no. Okay, sorry. Every was the wrong word. Just so you know, Hannah does not cry every episode. Let me go grab the tissues. Having ADHD can be can be challenging and can definitely impact people's life. And like the the um, the outcomes can be poor if untreated, for sure. But a diagnosis is not like a death sentence. Like it's, again, it's just an explanation for struggles you already have. And once you have a diagnosis, you can start to use tools that will get you to the place you want to be. And the idea that having ADHD means that you won't ever accomplish anything is actually completely incorrect. Um, ADHDers are three times as likely to start their own business. This was a statistic I I saw on totally ADD. Um, I haven't double checked this research, but 50% of people who are gifted have ADHD. Whoa. 50%. Whoa. Yeah. There's a difference between having ADHD and not being smart or capable. It's just you have to use your brain differently and, and you, you need different things, right? But it's like – to me, it's like having a PC or having a Mac. You're on a different operating system. So if you keep oh, trying to work like you have – that's a metaphor. Whoa, I'm back, yeah. everybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I brought yeah. the tissues. Yeah, man. No problem. So yeah. So if you keep trying to operate a, a PC with a, you know, with a Mac, Mac user manual, you're not going to get very far and it's going to be very frustrating. Fucking yeah, right. Well, also, but it, but if you sorry. if you look at the right user's manual, if you're like, oh, this is the kind of computer or this is the comp- kind of operating system I have, now I know how to work with it and now I can get it to do what I want it to do. Oh my God, that is just the most incredible analogy. Thank you. That, that's Metaphors, great. it's what I do. Oh my God, that is fucking great. Yeah, man, that, that's it. That's great, yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I got diagnosed, I... And remember, this episode is not about does Hannah Gelb have ADHD? Okay, it's not about that. Is it's it an a, intervention? Because I feel it's like it's not. an intervention. That's what oh she my God. said too. This morning we were like, so this I is said, not going to be an intervention, I said, right? This is not an intervention. <laughs> this is not an intervention. No, I just make everything about me. That's why I love you. No, like I diagnosed her on the way over. Like I'm not a doctor. No, I have to qualify. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose anybody because there are other you know conditions that can mimic ADHD symptoms. Word. But like I was listening to the podcast and I was like, she's one of us. <laughs> but like in a positive way, right? Because I, I, I fought through the stigma and I understand now by connecting with other people with ADHD, oh my gosh, how gifted we are, how, how kind and generous and funny and interesting people we are, how like many, you know, how, like how much we have to offer the world. And I couldn't see that when I was just me mm. looking at my own faults, yes. when I was just mm-hmm. staring at like all the stuff that like, why can't I keep my house clean? Like I... I still battle with it a little bit. My car is dirty right now. And I, th- on the way here, I was like, I hope they don't walk me to my car because my car is like really <laughs> dirty and that would be very embarrassing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to own it. Like there are things I am great at and there are things that are a, a struggle for me and that's okay. And there are things that affect you that might not affect other people. For instance, the realities of a dirty car might not bother somebody else. But like for me, that's actually one of my big things that it indicates my mental state. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I – uh I'm actually, I need to cancel my day because mm-hmm. I, uh, I have to vacuum my car seats. <laughs> so right. no meetings today. Uh, it's, it's interesting. And I just want to share just for listeners who might be wondering, uh, you know, sitting here, I think this is one episode that we're really focusing on ADHD, uh, ADHD conditions and kind of trying to break some of the conceptions around this topic that I have personal experience with because I have it and I found out when I was 26 Right. Yeah, dude. And that's just to say, if we had somebody, you know, I really want to talk to someone with like bipolar disorder someday too. Like, but I have to figure out like what vibe of expert I want for that because I don't have that. And you know, I mean, fuck, Hannah, I don't fucking know. Maybe we all have everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We've all got it all. But anyway, I'm just saying this like large blanket disclaimer that I'm so comfortable talking about this topic because it's something that I have and I live with and I can share from my perspective what it's like to talk about. I can do the same thing with like living with depression. Anxiety, can't do that. OCD, can't do that. Uh, BPD, can't do that. Uh, But with this, 
it has just been such a journey and such a like gift in my life to be able to learn about this that I've just been so excited for this episode. So that's, that's my, great, I'm not, yeah, that's my, I'm not yeah. an expert. I'm not an expert. This is just my experience. But I love, I love what you said because I think it's really important that people hear from other people who have these conditions because we get it, we understand, and it can kind of normalize it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's so great that you, everything you said is so great because I feel like the idea that I have, which is wrong, and I've somehow internalized is that, you know, mental whatever, if it's like depression, anxiety, ADHD, it's like, okay, you're going to try harder than everyone else and have a less, like, a, le- a life that is not as good as everyone's else. Do you can have I- an inherent feeling of failure? <laughs> Right? No, I could legit do like now I could do like a like a checklist. Like well, we're gonna an, an do official we're gonna checklist. Do, we're not gonna do a checklist at the end. <laughs> no, no, but like I'm not gonna do one right now, but I'm I'm thinking of putting together a checklist of like all the things I've heard people say. Like, do you think you're lazy? Do you think you are uh, you know, ha- haven't reached your potential? Like things that I hear just all the time and people are like, Well, I don't have ADHD, I'm just stupid, I'm just lazy, I'm just I just need to try harder, like all of those things. Anyway, yeah, well it's but. because all the tools and the 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 reason why I think that feeling is, is because all of the tools are there. They're just in unlabeled like filing cabinets. Yes. So you can't get to them. Yes. But you know they're there and it drives you insane. That's why you have all these high expectations for yourself. You This feeling of potential. But you can't touch it because you can't, you can't get to the right filing cabinet because there's no labels on them. Right. That, that's a really good way of putting it. And sometimes you can get to it and sometimes you can't, right? Like if you're in a wheelchair, you know that you need your wheelchair and it's not like anybody's telling you you shouldn't use it. But with ADHD, some days you can function extraordinarily well because something's engaging you in the right yep. way or whatever. Yep. Um, or there's something some- you're looking forward to. If I have an event I'm excited about at the end of the day – I have such a productive day. Right, because your brain is I'm stimulated. Because I'm like, oh, shit, tonight we're going to see Black Panther. I can't wait to see Black Panther. <laughs> I'm going to answer this email. Black Panther, Black Panther. Going to do this thing. Premier Black Panther. Like, whatever. Right, but then the next day, if you can't do it, then the next like, day I wake nobody, up and I'm like, I'm trash. Right and, <laughs> right. and so you feel like there's such inconsistency there that you feel like, well, it's just me. Like, I just need to do better, right? Oh, my God. Yes. I, I want to share with you guys what my diagnosis experience was like, um, just because I think that the majority of our listeners are adults. Um, maybe they're adults with ADHD. Maybe they're not. But I think there's a whole generation of adults in our lives and women in our lives who were never diagnosed or given the opportunity to even learn these tools. Like medication aside, there's a whole world of living with ADHD that's available. So when I was 26, I I was in LA, the YouTube career was like taking off, things were going well, blah, blah, blah. But I was just really just floundering. I felt that like deep unhappiness, dissatisfaction, and like judgment. Because here things were going well. You know, it's like, look, Hannah, you get to make these videos and you're doing this and you take these risks and you've been going this way. And you've been able to generate enough of an income to like keep yourself afloat. But I was so unhappy and just felt depressed all day long, just completely overwhelmed, oversaturated with options and choices and zero structure. Mm-hmm. The second year of my channel or the third year of my channel, I was living alone. I was independent financially. So I no longer had a part-time job I had to report to. I no longer had things splitting my attention, splitting my income. I was now the sole provider of structure and instruction in my life and that's when the shit really hit the fan and that's that's actually it's true for a lot of women like um we might be able to get through school unnoticed but like life hits and we're expected to like manage a household and and our careers and like all these things and suddenly it just falls apart because that's the executive function part right like we have trouble planning and prioritizing and organizing and if we don't have a natural structure to build around like it can go to pieces really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's been, and also tr- coming from like a trauma background without the natural structure of chaos, the stimulation yes. of, of fear, the stimulation of trauma. Yeah. And so people, so a lot of people with undiagnosed ADHD will actually create drama in their lives again because they're seeking that stimulation. So yes. yes. Yeah. So I, um, I'd be going to talk therapy, uh, but I asked my therapist, I was like, I really think, I really think I need more help. She's like, okay. It wasn't necessarily – it wasn't a good therapist, not going to lie. She's like, okay. I mean I guess I can give you a referral to a psychiatrist, but I don't know if you really need that because I could present so well because in a room talking to a person, I'm like talking to somebody. But when I'm alone, I was just in such pain. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so yeah, so I'm on my way to the psychiatrist appointment and I was like, oh God, this is, it was the most terrifying drive of my life. I was like, 
I can't believe I'm self-destructing. I can't believe I got to here and I'm letting everything fall apart. It's, oh God, if I could just make a list and just do what's on that list, what's wrong with me? Like just, uh, this is going to be the beginning of psychosis. I wonder if this is what it was like for my mom, like, cause my mom has, um, schizoaffective disorder. And so I was like, oh, God, I'm like, she's going to put me on like antidepressants, anti-anxiety, antipsychotics, all this stuff because I'm depressed all day long. I'm just going to be a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be so numb and blunted. I'm not even going to be funny anymore. Oh, my God. When I even get there, like whatever she puts me on, I'm not even going to be able to create like blah, blah, blah. These are all things going through my head because during the day I was overwhelmed, oversaturated and depressed. And then at night when all the like all the responsibilities are quiet, quieted. I was super, super, super anxious because I was like, oh, now I'm alone. Okay, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, God, do something. Do anything. So I go into this psychiatrist's office, and I remember very distinctly that this woman spoke very slowly. She had a very slow cadence when she spoke, and it was maddening. And it felt like <laughs> it felt like she, like, that's after such a, we that's met, such an ADHD thing. she started speaking slower. And I also noticed that, like, she had, like, a cross in the room. And so then I was just like, I was just like, oh, my God, this woman has a cross. I I don't even know if I can even, while answering her questions, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. So now I'm one whole hour in, and I've made all these observations. I have all these thoughts. And she's writing on four pieces of paper. Like, I keep seeing that she's, as she's asking me questions, kind of shuffling between these four pieces of paper. And then, you know, towards the end of the first hour, it's like shuffling between two pieces of paper. And then at the end, she's kind of just sticking with this one piece of paper. And she's like, tell me. What was it like for you in the classroom? And I go, do you think I have ADD? <laughs> and she was like, has uh, anyone ever suggested that you get treat- you get tested for ADHD? And I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, like, I guess, I don't know, elementary school or like middle school. Yeah, once. And then also my sophomore math. Yeah. So like, yeah. But. Wow. And you, what happened? Like, why didn't you get tested when people were bringing it up? I mean, well, because we didn't really, we didn't do like doctors as Got in it. my household growing up. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, all my, every teacher, my middle, in every era of school, one of my teachers would bring up, I think you need to get tested for ADD. And we just, what was, I'm not going to follow through on that. What am I going to do? Oh, really, ma'am? Let me add this to my list, you know, like, okay. It was wild because I went in and I thought I was going to get put on a myriad of pills. Uh, and instead she told me to try a, a, an instant release Adderall and, you know, just to start testing how it was. Um, and long story short. I super duper have ADHD. (laughs) Now, I also have depression. And also there's like, you know, there's a lot of like things that mix together and, you know, ADHD dash anxiety or ADHD dash depression or whatever. Um, But those are a lot of like life circumstances. But it was truly magnificent to be given a category to place all my faults. And I was able to take my faults kind of off my shoulders in that way or like my self-interpreted faults and right. be like, this is me. Right. Because you know? it's no longer like a personal failing. It's not a moral defect. It's like, oh, my brain functions differently. It's structured differently. That's it. You know, like if I'm watching a movie, I need to kind of fidget with something sometimes like that's okay. Or like whatever. Yeah. And I, as she recommended this really fantastic book called driven to distraction. Yes. Dr. Oh. Hallowell. Yes. I love him. I've had him on my show. I'm on his podcast. Like I love this Whoa. man. He's, He's amazing. amazing. And this is an amazing book. And that book changed my life. That, that is to say that while I have fully accepted that I have ADHD, I 100% still struggle with it sometimes. I 100% am like, that's not enough. You des- you should be better. You don't deserve this. Like the failure self-worth language that I've been telling myself the last 31 years of my life, oh, it's still there, mm. but I'm slowly starting to undo it, mm-hmm. you know? And it is, it's really amazing. It's really been an amazing experience. That's awesome. No, yeah. that's awesome that you're able to do that. Because, yeah, it's it still lingers. It's, you know. It's not going to go away. I mean. Yeah, well, that's why I feel so sad. Because I'm like, <laughs> I feel like if, if I, like today, if someone was like, yes, that's what you have, I wouldn't be like, oh, great. It's not me. I'd be like, it's still me, though. Yeah. You know? I mean, it it's is. It's a process. It's a process. You know? It's a process. Well, you know what? Let's put some fears to bed. <laughs> as soon as we get back from this amazing, beautiful sponsored spot, let's find out. How many of the checklist of do you have ADHD, whatever's, we check off right after this. 
You know, Hannah Hart. Yes. I've been ruminating. Yes. And I feel like finding the right fragrance is kind of like falling in love.、Mm-hmm. You know, there's the initial whiff of attraction. Then, as time goes on, you discover all these additional layers, and you realize this is the one for me. But finding the perfect perfumes and finding out what's inside isn't always so wonderful. That's why I'm here to tell you about a company who's bringing the feeling back into fragrance. Ah, yes, Fleur, that funny friend we know that seems to know a lot about fragrance. If you guys want to check out your potential fragrance love match, go to Fleur.com today and use the promo code HANALYZE to get 20% off your custom Fleur sample set. Pick three scents to try and get credit towards a full size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code HANALYZE at Fleur.com to try three Fleur fragrances. Of your choice at 20% off. Oh, by the way, it's Fleur, spelled P H L U R.com. Fleur creates sustainably crafted, award winning perfumes delivered with transparency at an honest price. What's not to love? So go to Fleur.com today and use promo code HANALYZE to get 20% off your custom order. That's P H L U R.com. Wow, guys, what an exciting roller coaster this has been.、Uh, just uh, wow. <laughs> it's wild to see like three different stages of the journey because I've, I've had it and known I've had it for a long time. Like it's more recent for you, Hannah, but you're also like there. And then you're. We don't even at, know. Maybe at the beginning of the journey. We don't know. Yeah, we don't、yeah. know. We don't know. We don't know. We're not doctors.、But、I mean, I know. Thanks for agreeing with me, Jessica. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> This I mean, one's I know, an intervention. <laughs> I know that I'm, I'm really frustrated. You know, I feel like. I have tons and tons and tons and tons of really great ideas and like zero drive. But here's the good news, right? Like, if you figure out how your brain works, whether it's ADHD or something else, like, then you will be able to have the tools to do something. To access that drive. Yeah, exactly. What it is, here's what it is like, ADHD puts a lot of invisible obstacles in people's way. And if you don't know, Where the obstacles are, you just keep tripping over them, right? But if you know, once you learn, oh, yes, anytime I, you know, I'm under aroused, like I'm gonna need extra stimulation, or anytime、um, I'm really overwhelmed, I'm definitely gonna need to make a list or whatever, you start removing those obstacles and, and then you can go somewhere, right? Like you're not tripping on your face every single day because now you know how to navigate this terrain、mm-hmm. with the brain that you have. You know how to work with your brain. And、mm-hmm. so you don't have like those flashing like error, restart your computer, you、Ugh. know, things constantly. And I think it's so important. I, I strongly encourage everyone to watch Jessica's video about emotional dysregulation as well, because not only with the life structural stuff, but in an argument, I, before ta- I have a, I'm a better communicator when I take my Adderall. Because in an argument, before taking Adderall, my brain would move so fast from a, point A to D to Z to, you know, just moving through the conversation that I was constantly stepping on people, constantly pushing ahead, and getting really upset. Yeah. Really, really upset because I was so frustrated and impatient and just completely just not able to ground myself and focus and breathe, right? Yeah, it's really interesting. Emotional dysregulation is.、Um- Absolutely, an aspect. And, you know, some people even say it's like one of the main aspects of ADHD is like really ADHD is about regulation, being able to regulate your attention, being able to regulate your emotions, your sleep, like everything. Oh, yeah. Sleep. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, Jessica, I would love, I'm going to hand you this link from a- Attitude ADD Etude Mag. I actually found this link through your videos. That's so cool. I, I hope this stands up. Yeah, <laughs> We'll find out if that's good. This is one of my、um, older episodes. And then I, w- this is how I'd like to do it. Here, Hannah, you have your notebook. Yeah? yeah? And then I'll get mine. And then we'll just go through and we'll just write down check marks, right? Ooh, okay. In, re- in response, like one, two, we have one check, two check, blah, blah, blah. Those of you listening, also, you can make a mental checklist about whether or not these things feel like they apply to you. Is this what the notebook of an ADHD person looks like? Yes. yes. Actually, yes. Yes. <laughs> the fact that you use sticky notes is just further There, you, confirmation. You have new, more pieces of paper inside of your paper book. I see a highlighter, a sharpie, three、yeah. colors of pen, and three different sticky notes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So here we go. It's the ADD checklist, ADHD checklist.、Uh, and,、uh, you know, follow along if you feel so compelled. And actually, since you mentioned that, just for the record, ADD is no longer a term that's used 
you know, except for casually, ADHD has three presentations. There's the inattentive presentation, the hyperactive presentation, and then a combination of both. Would you give us a summary of what those are? Yeah. So primarily inattentive is like, you know, what you would think of as somebody being like spacey, daydreamy, you know. Space cadet. Space cadet. Yeah. Airhead. Like all those things. Right. These are the things that girls get called that, you know, might, (laughs) might have something to do with being inattentive ADD. Um, which is, yeah, ADHD, the inattentive presentation, um, or primarily inattentive. And then there's the primarily hyperactive presentation, which is basically, you know, what we think of as the, like, stereotypical ADHD, like, bouncing up the walls and getting into trouble and, you know, can't sit still, that, that kind of thing. Risk-taking. Yeah. And then there's um, a combination of both, which actually most people are. Um, and it just means, like, you have a lot of symptoms here, a lot of symptoms here. And so you'll have both. You'll have trouble organizing, you know, your thoughts and, and getting distracted. But you'll also, you know, need to fidget. And, yeah. um, you know, it's obviously there's much more to it than that. But it, a lot of people are like, you know, how to ADHD? Like, is it okay if I'm here if I just have ADD? And I'm like, no, I was actually first diagnosed with ADD. Mm-hmm. And now um, I have the combined presentation is what it's considered. I mean, is ADD even still a term? Uh, doctors will still use it, which, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like faster than saying ADHD, primarily inattentive presentation. It's easier to say got ADD. It, so you'll it, still it. hear the term thrown around, but in the DSM, like the official diagnostic manual, no, it's, it's not there anymore. I just would like to say that, like, I think it is so fascinating that with the inattentive presentation, i.e. space cadet, airhead, dits, etc., um, and with the underdiagnosis of ADHD in women, it's so funny because it's like, boys will be boys. But, like, women get taught right away to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that your mind is not moving a million miles per minute. Exactly. Yeah, people don't realize like, a lot of time the, hy- the hyperactivity is in your mind. You can't, you can't even see it. Uh, so I'll, I'll read the little blurb here. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, is a neurological condition defined by a consistent pattern of inattention and or hyperactive impulsivity that interferes with daily functioning in at least two settings. For example, work and at home. ADHD symptoms often look different in children than they do in adults, but this is universal. If you recognize the signs in yourself or your loved one on the following adult ADD test and the symptoms persistently disrupt your life for at least six months, you may be dealing with ADHD. If you suspect that you have adult ADHD, contact your medical health care professional for a diagnosis. Well, let's go! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is the ADHD symptom test for adults. Check each of the following statements that apply to you. Ready? Yeah. All right. One. I have difficulty getting organized. Two, when given a task, I usually procrastinate rather than doing it right away. Three, I work on a lot of projects but can't seem to complete most of them. Four, I tend to make decisions and act on them impulsively, like spending money, getting sexually involved with someone, diving into new activities, changing plans. Five, I get bored easily. Six, no matter how much I do or how hard I try, I just can't seem to reach my goals. Seven, I often get distracted when people are talking. I just tune out or drift off. Eight, I get so wrapped up in some things I do that I can hardly stop to take a break or switch to doing something else. Nine, I tend to overdo things even when they're not good for me, like compulsive shopping, drinking too much, overworking, overeating. Ten, I get frustrated easily and I get impatient when things are going too slowly. 11. My self-esteem is not as high as that of others I know. Man, Jesus, God. (laughs) How do I know? You're like, I'm hazing this test. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm winning. Okay, keep going. 12. I need a lot of stimulation from things like action movies and video games, new purchases, being among lively friends, driving fast, or engaging in extreme sports. (laughs) Oh, my God. All we needed were BMX bikes. (laughs) (laughs) 13. I tend to say or do things without thinking, and sometimes that gets me into trouble. 14. I'd rather do things my own way than follow the rules and procedures of others. 15. I often find myself tapping a pencil, swinging my leg, or doing something else to work off nervous energy. Uh, can I just ask quickly, um, how many questions are there? Uh, we're almost there. Yes! Uh, <laughs> back to that impatient question. Hey? <laughs> okay, well. No, we've got uh, six more. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, 16, I can feel suddenly down when I'm separated from people, projects, or things that I like to be involved with. 17. is just like being alive, though? 
if you have ADHD. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm glad. Actually, I want to I want to say something about this because, yes, one of the reasons why people think that maybe, oh, ADHD is not real, um, it's not really a thing, is because everybody experiences these symptoms sometimes, right? Mm-hmm, the difference mm-hmm. is with ADHD, you experience so many of these symptoms in multiple aspects of your life chronically to the point where it impairs you. You mm-hmm. can't accomplish the things that you want to accomplish because these things keep getting in your way. So there's a huge difference between like, oh, yeah, I can't focus at work today. I'm so distracted because, you know, I have a date tonight versus like every day of my life trying to focus has been a major battle. Mm-hmm. Every day of my life at work, there is a strong period, long period of time where I'm like, I hate myself for not being able to just pick something and do it. <laughs> every day that moment happens. Not sometimes I miss my friends. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to remember. And it's yeah. on a spectrum. So like, you know, the, again, it's from mild to severe. So if you, you can you – basically you can never tell somebody whether or not they, they definitely have ADHD. And you can definitely not t- say that they don't have it because it could be affecting them in a mild way or it could be inattentive but more on the inside. But I just – yeah, PSA, like – Oh, dude, can to- you repeat for those listening the tall analogy that you did in your video? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like saying because, you know, everybody is taller than the ground, everybody is tall. Like, no, like there are some people who you can definitely say like, oh, they're tall compared to the people around them. Right. And with ADHD, it's kind of the same thing. Like these, these traits, people with ADHD have them to a more severe extent than the people around them. And the fact that it's impairing them and the fact that it's different from the norm is kind of what creates that diagnosis. So no, everybody doesn't have ADHD. Just like, no, not everybody is tall just because you're off the ground. Sorry, I'm like... No, you're doing good. It's fine. It's fine. fine, fine. That was good. It got to the point. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, good. Nailed it. Okay, I think we're on 17. 17. I see myself differently than others see me. And when someone gets angry with me for doing something that upset them, I'm often very surprised. 18. Even though I worry a lot about dangerous things that are unlikely to happen to me, I tend to be careless and accident prone. 19. Even though I have a lot of fears, people would describe me as a risk taker. 20. I make a lot of careless mistakes. 21. I have blood relatives who suffer from ADHD, another neurological disorder, or substance abuse. And that's it? That's it. That's it! So this is very different than the test that you would be given if you went to a psychiatrist, but this is kind of like a a good guideline if you should get checked out. Well, so how many do you should what does it say? Like is there a number that you check off or Do you do you want me do you want me to tell you the number? Do you want me to t- or do you want to tell me your numbers first and then I'll tell you? Um I'm no. feeling that I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, tell us the numbers. Okay. okay, yeah. If you answered yes to 15 of these questions, it is likely that you have attention deficit disorder, ADHD. However, you can still have ADHD even if you answered yes to fewer than 15 of these questions. This informal test is intended as a general guide only. If you think your child might have ADHD, they have an ADHD test for kids. Amazing. This one's specifically for adults. Um, I got uh, 20 out of 21. 20. I got 14. Wow. Okay. There you go. <laughs> well, here's, here's something that's pretty telling. Uh, my therapist that I was seeing a little while ago suggested that I go to a evaluation at my clinic and she gave me the paperwork and then I got the paperwork and I got it all filled out and then now I don't know where it is and that was like a year ago and I I still want to go to the eval it's just tough because it's like it's closed it's five and work is left it's just hard to figure it out no and that's 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 it that's it man that's a good point oh man See, like, I, I'm. thank you so much for being brave and, like, taking this test with me, you know, or, like, taking this, like, online magazine quiz. No, this was really helpful because, like, okay, like, for example, when I'm at my job, I'm like, why can't I do these menial tasks? They are so simple. Like, when I first got the job and it was all ah, new. Yeah, when it's new, it's easy. I was like, oh, wow, like, la, la, la. And now I'm like, because I when think it- I might die. I think Okay, being- here's the thing. Like we we think of ourselves as less than because we have trouble doing simple tasks, but the thing is, our brains aren't built for simple tasks. Our brains are built for things that are urgent, that are challenging, that are new or novel, and that are personally interesting. And that's how we're built. And so if you know, I'm built like I'm short, right? The height analogy. Um I'm short, and if I want to reach a top shelf, I'm going to need a step stool. That's not my fault. It's how it was built. And I actually like that I'm short, but sometimes I need a step stool. 
right? There's nothing wrong with needing a step stool sometimes. <laughs> I could not be more like, yes. And it's like, you know, it's interesting because I have a friend who um, does art and she's a very good painter and does like a lot of work with colors and she's super, super creative and funny and charming and sweet. And there are certain things that she really judges herself for because they're menial tasks or they're harder for her to do, even though they're simple tasks to do. And she really carries that weight as like a personal character marker of like a moral ground. Right. You know? And that right. Friend is and are you talking about me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. Okay. So uh. I, I have to share this with you because this is my latest hyper focus. I haven't done my own research on this yet. So don't. Okay. Don't take this too seriously. This will, be our, this will be our last note. Last note. Okay. So have you guys heard of self-discrepancy theory? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. <gasps> this is why I have to share. Yeah. All right. So there's this theory. Is in 1987 came up. With, anyway, self-discrepancy gap is the gap between the actual self and the ideal self. And when there's a big gap there, it causes a lot of psychological distress, <sighs> especially if you keep focusing on the gap. If you keep <gasps> every day going, I'm not who I think I should be, right? It's very distressing. So – this is my theory. Like, if you have ADHD, go get a diagnosis, and that can help with that self discrepancy gap because once you have a diagnosis, it kind of changes what you think you should be, right? Like, I now know my brain is built for things that are that are more challenging than scrubbing the floor, and that's okay, right? Like, I'm not great at cleaning personally. I'm great at doing other things, and so my idea of I should be able to do this has changed, and so I've gotten a little happier with myself. Mm. And also through treatment and using strategies and stuff, I'm also getting closer to the ideal self that I want to be. Yeah. I'm able to accomplish more things. And so I am so much happier with an ADHD diagnosis, with getting the tools that I need and like looking into strategies and understanding how my brain works because I have a more realistic view of like who I am and what I'm actually capable of instead of just looking through the lens of what I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I also have the tools to get to where I want to be. Oh, God, that is so beautiful, Jessica. Thank you for sharing that with us. You know, and I I just want to respond to one thing, you know, scrubbing the floor versus not scrubbing the floor, like, you know, privilege and class and like all these things come into it, like being built for more, et cetera. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm like, I'm a servant, right? Like I serve my community, but I also waited tables and I'm happy waiting tables, but my brain is built for that speed. My brain is not built for- It's going for like table to table to table to cleaning this. And so it's not about, to me, it's not about like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like- lowering myself to, you know, scrubbing the floors. Like I'm happy to scrub the floors in a very busy environment where I have to, you know, also like deliver five plates of food. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I just wanted to take a a minute to say that and like, just to say that, um, you know, I get asked to speak at a lot of events and usually events ask for your slides and I hate making slides. I just want to go talk for 40 minutes. I really hate making slides and I hate that about myself. And so there's all this anxiety for me or surrounding speaking and lack of confidence, lack of faith, and just real self-hate because it's Over so- slides? Yeah, dude. It's really hard and boring to make slides about my speech. I'm like, I just want to give my speech. Yeah. Right. And so once you accept, oh, my brain is built for these things and it's not built for these things, then you can- ask for help or you can trade. You can be like, Hey, I'm really good at generating ideas. Like who has a project they want me to like spitball stuff on. And then can you help me make slides? You know, you trade with, with people who are good at, we are not built to be alone. Yeah. 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 Also, I don't think we're not raised to, it's like you were talking about before Hannah Hart, like saying everyone's trying to fit into one boring type of person who can go to the job and do that boring ass thing and not be distracted. But everyone brings something different you know yeah. right we and meanwhile fish the- to climb trees yeah we expect and fish let- to climb trees and and we wonder why they're not able to do it and why they feel bad that they can't like, and i would say get that to you, use the fish to swim if you are someone who finds genuine joy and love or like if you're someone that's like i really don't mind doing my filing job or i really don't mind being an accountant or i really don't mind this this and that i would like to praise those people too because i think that socially in our society while we require everyone to do these things we don't give them enough credit I agree. I you think know? at the end of the day, you have to do what your brain is built to do. Yes. We all need each other and there's enough room for everyone to do the thing that their brain is built to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Ah. 
Oh, uh, analyze this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, if you want to find more of Jessica and her brilliant musings on ADHD, you can go ahead and check out her channel on YouTube, How To ADHD. And where else can they find you? HowToADHD.com. Oh. Yeah. And, and yes, Jessica, I just want to say it was so nice to meet you, and it was so great to have you on the podcast. It was really great to be here. Thank you. And thank you for trusting me. I, f- I feel like, you know, we just met, and I'm like, hey, let's diagnose you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I know it can be very person. vulnerable, so I appreciate that. Aww, she's a big risk taker with her heart. Oh, it's beautiful. Guys, if you want to find more of us, please rate, review, subscribe. Let us know your thoughts and feedback on this episode specifically. Uh, Maybe it touched, rang a bell or whatever for some of you at home. We'd love to know. And be sure to follow us on Twitter as well at HanalyzePod. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-L-Y-Z-E-P-O-D. If you guys want to check out Jessica's page and the books we recommended this week, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HanalyzePod and get those links and, uh, you know, check them out. 